when you consume open source, you, you need to own it. And ownership to me means you're involved in the community, you're upstreaming changes, you're making the community better, you're leaving it better than it was. Welcome to the Open at Intel podcast, where we're all about open source, from software to security to innovation and beyond. I'm your host, Katherine Druckmann, an open source evangelist at Intel, bringing you leading edge, free ranging conversations from some of the best minds in the open source community. Let's get into it. I sat down with Nitya Ruff, the head of Amazon's open source program office in the open.intel booth at All Things Open, right there in the action. Nitya shared a wealth of insight about prioritizing upstream contributions, improving our collective security posture, and the fast-paced world of AI. I enjoyed our conversation immensely, and I think you will too. Hi, Nitya. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would like to point out this is the, my first time meeting you in person, and I'm, I'm really quite excited to do this because, again, I think you're a really important voice in the community, and I think you have a lot of insight to share for our listeners, so I think this is going to be a really good one. Thank you, Catherine. That's very kind of you, and it's really fun to be here at All Things Open with you. Thank you. Yeah, this is my first time here, actually. It's a great so show, isn't I, it? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I've been in the open source world for a very long time, but for whatever reason, it never worked out for me to come here, and so... I'm glad I'm finally here. It has a really good energy. Yes. And um, just a lot of really good participation. I, I think Todd does a fantastic job, yeah. and he's been building this over the last 11 years, as he said this morning. And um, he has just attracted such good people, speakers, sponsors, you know, people yeah. to the show Absolutely. because he truly gives back and he invests in learning and building a community. It's almost taken the place of OSCON. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Absolutely, yeah. Even back in my Linux journal days, I mean, we were big supporters of the event. We just never made it out ourselves because there was always somebody else to go. We had an author or something. But, I, I mean, I've always been a fan from a distance, I guess you might say. But I'm glad to finally be here. I wondered if you could just kind of introduce yourself just a little bit to tell us a little bit about your role, you know, in the company, but also in the community. And, and more specifically, how you see it. How do you see your role as a steward of your team, but also as the person who directs how you give back to the community? That's such a great question. Um, so I, today I'm the director of open source program office at Amazon. And I always say Amazon because people tend to think uh, just AWS. We serve all of Amazon as an open source program office because historically Amazon has used open source across the company from almost the beginning of the company, we've built our infrastructure, our products, our services on open source, and our customers uh, choose to use open source and want our platform to be really helpful to build their open source projects. And so we work very hard to be an open source friendly company. My job, I feel, is threefold. One is to make it really easy for our developers and builders inside the company to work with open source. So we guide them as a team on the compliance side, on community, on foundations, on engaging and the norms of open source. We also get involved in things like policy, uh, so advocating on behalf of open source uh, to uh, government regulations and other folks who are you know, looking at open source from a policy perspective. 
The second is really to make, it, make our platform open source friendly for customers and uh, to make sure that they find the best open source projects as a service hosted on the platform, but also easy to use from a development perspective. And then third is to really be a good citizen of the open source community. Because as I said in my talk this morning, when you consume open source, you, you need to own it. And ownership to me means you're involved in the community, you're upstreaming changes, you're making the community better, you're leaving it better than it was. And you can't just consume it and be a user, you need to be an owner. I, I love that perspective. I think it's, it's incredibly valuable and, and it, it's useful to, to remind ourselves of that, right? When you take on, you know, when you're managing a project and you bring in a dependency, you really are taking ownership in a way that, that you have to acknowledge. You can't just, it's not really free, <laughs> you know? You can't just bring it in and expect it and expect it to be hands off. I like also that you mentioned good citizenship. What does it mean to be a good citizen from your perspective, especially with such a large organization? The first one is, you know, knowing how to consume wisely. And, and that's more from an Amazon perspective, you know, bringing sure, sure. open source safely into the company security, community health, license, all that good stuff. But then understanding the responsibilities of what you've brought in, the ownership piece, in case of a vulnerability, in case uh, of a change, how do you make sure that it's put back and you stay in touch with the project, especially if you have a big dependency on that project? And how do you... The, the third really is how do you respect the norms of open source and uh, and that not to come in as a big company but to come in with humility to come in as another person in the community and understand where the community is going and to work you know harmoniously with the community for example socializing a change that you want to make or a contribution early uh, make sure that it's well accepted, it's in alignment with where the community is going, and make sure that you're not behaving in any way that is aggressive and, and disrespects the community. And, and then more importantly than that, I think when you're working at the scale we are and production level that we are, we have a lot of lessons we've learned, so it's important to give that back to the community in the form of improved processes or standards that we should adopt upstream that, that will then help everyone downstream or release something that we found helpful that others can find helpful as well. So I think, I think those are some of the things that I think we can do. In the current climate, a lot of, a lot of big companies, tech companies, any company. People are struggling a little bit. We're having to face very tough decisions about our resources. Um, I wonder how that's impacted the way you view things like upstream contribution, um, paying people to write code for open source projects, that sort of thing. How have you had to, if, if you can speak to this, how have you had to reprioritize and really focus in on, on what 
what is the most valuable and while still maintaining that respect for the community. I mean, it's, it seems to be a, a very tough challenge right now. It really is. And, and because businesses need business justification as mm -hmm. to why they should continue to set aside resources to work upstream or to contribute upstream. And the way we are trying to do it is through understanding business continuity, uh, especially if you have a dependency that is a very important dependency for your product or your service, to know that you need to ensure that there is business continuity and to ensure business continuity, you need to set aside resources to work with that community. If you don't contribute, that the project could go away. And then the business service that your customers are relying on can go away. So we're tying it to business outcomes, business continuity, uh, what our customers want. Uh, our customers want our service to be up and running. They want us to be experts in the service. They want us to make sure that upstream is running well so that the service can run well. So we, we try to tie it to business metrics and business outcomes. That works for the most part. But yes, it is a challenge to prioritize resources for doing upstream work. And you have to speak the language of business if you need business to set aside resources for doing open source work. You can't use community language and say it's the right thing or it's a good thing or we need to be good community partners. You've got to say that it's in the best interest of the business that we do this, right? The other way that I've seen companies do, and I think this is a good one, is really to look at uh, all of your dependencies and rank them and look at the top 50 that are critical dependencies for your company and at least make sure you have a good ownership plan for those inside the company a group or a team that owns working with that community or making sure that they are giving back. And then maybe find a less costly way to work with the other components, perhaps donating to foundations where these components are housed or working with groups like Tidelift and others who also provide subscriptions to help certain com components be maintained. So I, I would say, and we also do things like GitHub sponsors mm -hmm. where we give monies to yeah. some of the components. So I think you could have a, a plan for the top 50 and then for the other components, maybe have a tiered plan of different ways to support them. Yeah, that's very practical advice, thank you. Pivoting that along those same lines, but focused a little bit on more on the community, not so much the upstream code, but community contributions. Again, right now, when, when people are having to be very focused, let's say, where do you find to be the most valuable areas to contribute, to, to direct your resources in, in communities, like you mentioned foundations and that sort of thing? Where, what, what's, where do you see the value right now? A couple of areas I see value. For myself, I focus on governance, so how can I participate at the governing board level to direct the project or foundation in the right way? So I sit on the board of the Linux Foundation. So as part of that, I get to understand what projects we accept, what we don't, how we spend our money, which programs and problems we take on. 
And one of the areas we are really directing our energy on is policymaking and educating policymakers. Because in the last five, six years, the government has been very interested in open source yes. because very. of security, because of AI. And so, but a lot of policymakers have so many things that they have to care for on their agenda, everything from, you know, school hunger to wars in the Middle East to technology, and they can't keep up with everything. So one of the things the LF is doing is to educate policymakers on what is open source, how does it work, and where is the best way to secure open source, and you know where should we work together, public-private partnership to make that work. So I think that's been a, a big area of focus, and and frankly, AI and how we make room for open source in AI is another big focus area because the artifacts of AI are so different than software code. And so we need to work with organizations like open source initiatives so that we have standardized definitions of what AI components mean. What is open data set? What is open model? Absolutely, what yeah. is open weights? So that we can work with confidence like we do with licenses today. And so those are two big areas, I think, policy, AI, governance, those take my cycles. And my team is very involved, again, in really making sure projects we depend upon are cared for, security of open source, right? Uh, those types of things. And really showing up as Amazon in open source communities and show that we are, you know, part of this. We are not just consumers, we are owners and we are involved in this. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, so, I'm happy you mentioned security and AI. To me, those are the most important conversations right now in the open source world. And, and it's definitely our focus, even on our team. So security in particular is a particular passion of mine. And I wondered if you could speak a little bit to how you view your role uh, leading this team at Amazon and how you feel uh, how that fits into the security posture. Obviously, security work is happening throughout a company, especially a company that large. But how do you see the role of an open source office in securing everything from software to security policy? It's funny you ask me this because it's been front and center for the last couple of years. It's been slowly creeping up on the OSPO, you know, its role in security. It, it, you know, it used to be that the security organization was one separate group, the OSPO was a separate group, and then we have a group called Builder Tools, which provides workflow and pipelines for developers to you know, work from building, from artifact storage to build to deploy. And these three organizations often did not really talk to each other very much. But open source security has really brought all of us together in a big way. And the role to me of the open source program office is to work with security, to educate them on how open source security works, how CV reporting is done, how upstream uh, communities work in terms of sharing you know, CVs, vulnerabilities, how to secure them but also working with foundations like OpenSSF and making sure 
that we are creating standards, frameworks, education, scorecards for security, because we can't touch all of the thousands of projects that are out there, but through hopefully OpenSSF, we can create some standards for open source producers to use in how they create software. And then the other piece has been working with builder tools and our development tool teams to build in proper curation of software from a security perspective, license perspective, health of the code, and then making sure that we are capable of creating SBOMs and attestations that are needed by the government. And then working with the policy team to make sure that policy, if they need any input on open source security in policy documents from NIST or CISA or from the executive order that we are there to provide that feedback and we are there to weigh in on, on where we think the world should be uh, in, in terms of what the government is trying to do to secure software supply chains. So I think it's working with all of these different players in the supply chain um, public policy, uh, foundations, producers, and then our building team to curate the software correctly. I appreciate that you mentioned the OpenSSF. I'm slightly biased as someone who's involved some, a bit myself, but I got, I was the reason I got involved was because I think the work being done there, the, in, the tremendous collaboration, everybody really is in this to make the world a better place, They're transparently. And and I think the reason I got involved, again, is because I found that that was the most exciting place to be for me yeah. in the open source world right now. Because it, it, is, it, it is, everybody's, everybody's all in. And, and, and we need someone like that coordinating things because there's yeah. so many players and so many uh, moving parts that you need an organization like that which can help coordinate all these things. Yeah. And then, of course, the conversation around AI. It's... It feels like you can't go anywhere without yes. talking about AI. Yes. Even in you know in the mainstream in the non-tech world, you know everybody's talking about AI, and that's that's we are really at this important and very interesting inflection point where we're gearing up for what the future is going to be, and I think that's very exciting. But it's also a little bit um, it's a bit stressful, right? It's a bit yes. it's a bit scary because we we have to do it right. There's a lot of pressure to get it right, whatever right even means. It's, and it's moving so fast. Yeah. And so it's, it, it feels hard to really kind of put your arms around it and to know where you need to focus. So some of the things we're doing from an open source program office perspective is to work with our IP legal team to, just as we do for licenses, we help them review data sets and models so that we know that it's safe to use for our developers. Yeah. And then work with the open source initiative to make sure that we have good guidance around what is open source AI. What does open mean? What does open mean in uh, AI? In exactly. AI. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a black box at times. To me, I don't know if you feel this way, I wonder if you do, it, because I'm not in it, I'm not in it to the degree that some of my colleagues are, right, and in, deeply involved in, in that type of development work, but it feels like I'm riding on a bullet train 
that we're, where we're not finished laying the track. We're laying the track as we're on the bullet train. It's not just a train, it's a bullet train. Bullet train is a good analogy. Yeah. Yes, yes, it, it feels really scary sometimes that we are just moving so fast. The good news is that as we identify risks, it feels like players are getting involved to kind of mitigate some of those risks. There used to be a time when we would say, for instance, AWS has a product called Code Whisperer, which helps you, which assists with code writing. And, you know, people would feel concerned about not knowing what code it was trained on and where does it come from, do we have copyrights to it, and things like that. And Code Whisperer now provides, and has been for a while, provides attribution as to where the code came from so the developer can make a choice on how to use that code and or to ask for other code you know that that they want based on license or based on you know where it was trained on right. so copilot is doing the same thing and i think these are all good things yeah. as as we discover challenges and risks vendors are really responding quickly to uh, overcoming those risks yeah. And I feel like in those cases, the response was very agile. Yes. Right? The response yes. to the community concern about licensing was very quick. Yes. Okay, very impressively so, right? We were just having this conversation, right? That's about right. about uh, attribution, and here it is. We, there you are, delivered it very quickly. Which is very and I think tomorrow OSI is going to share more about their work mm -hmm. and where they are from a status perspective on the definitions yeah. and get public comment on, the, uh, on these. And they've been doing these public uh, sharings at Fosse in uh, Portland, and then now they're doing it here at All Things Open. It's just such a good, and, and they're making sure that AI practitioners and open source geeks like you and me are both involved. Because mm -hmm. we in open source, mean, you know, we're used to the paradigm of copyrights and licenses. We don't know enough about data sets and weights and models and all that other that stuff. Absolutely true. The good news, I think, is that there, I, personally, I feel like the reason I've been in open source for so long, the most interesting people in the world, in my opinion, are in the open source world. Yes. They, there's so many smart people to solve these very complex problems. Yes. So I'll, I, maybe I'll leave it with that. I really appreciate, as one of those very interesting people in the open source world, I'm very, very happy to have had the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I feel very privileged to be in my position that I get to talk to all of these people, and so it gets me up in the morning. So I really love talking with you and sharing our common enthusiasm for and, and optimism about open source will solve these also problems and yeah. will move forward. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Open at Intel. Be sure to check out more from the Open at Intel podcast at open.intel.com slash podcast and at Open at Intel on Twitter. We hope you join us again next time to geek out about open source. <laughs>